Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull and Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code Ben at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Ben. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. So how many times does the left have to tell Americans what it thinks of them before Americans realize a pretty simple fact? Leftist leaders simply don't like at least half the country. In 2012, the the media lost their minds over former Governor Mitt Romney's statement that 47 percent of Americans, quote, who are dependent upon government, who believe that they are victims, who believe the government has a responsibility to care for them, would vote for President Obama. This apparently demonstrated Romney hated everyday Americans, disdained them, saw them as moochers. In 2008, then-Senator Barack Obama claimed that small-town Americans in the Midwest are benighted hicks. He said it's not surprising they get bitter, they cling to guns, religion, or antipathy toward people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment, or anti-trade sentiment as a way to explain their frustrations. This received attention from the conservative press. It was downplayed by the mainstream media or brushed off as basically accurate. This weekend, Hillary Clinton echoed Obama. She said through her robot cough, quote, to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables, right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. The other half of Trump supporters, Clinton said, are a little bit better. She said that other basket of people are people who feel the government has let them down. The economy has let them down. Nobody cares about them. Nobody worries about what happens to their lives and their futures. They're just desperate for change. Those are people we have to understand and empathize with as well. Clinton's language is actually more telling than Obama's. Democrats routinely see voters they don't understand as morally deficient. This provides them the comforting illusion that disagreement reflects lack of virtue. And that means they don't need actual policies to succeed. Success or failure is completely irrelevant to the ethical question of how to vote. Good people will vote for them regardless of track record. Bad people will oppose them. But Clinton's language goes even further. Where Obama Obama labeled his opponents bad guys, Clinton actually suggests that Romney was right. Those who are her potential supporters are pathetic losers, waiting for government to save them. They're disappointed with the economy. They think the government has to do more. They just need some TLC from Clinton, and then they'll realize Trump isn't the man for them. This means the sneering tone so many people detected in Romney exists among Democrats for their own constituents. Hillary doesn't label her potential voters self-sufficient Americans seeking equal opportunity. No, not at all. They're grievance mongers, 'er ne'er-do-wells, people who believe they're victims, who believe government has an obligation to take care of them. She thinks she can draw them to the Democratic Party. So... Where are all the good Americans? To Democrats, they just don't exist. They're the deplorables and the needies. That's it. And the elites who control them. That's the scariest thing about Hillary Clinton's vision for America. Nobody deserves freedom because nobody actually wants freedom. Everyone is either a racist or in need of saving. Everyone needs a cure either of their soul or their material well-being. And Clinton thinks she can provide that cure by crushing half of Trump supporters and co-opting the other half. She's only missing one thing. Most Trump supporters, most Americans aren't bitter clingers or victims. They're independent human beings waiting for a candidate who wants to grant them that independence if any of the elites are actually willing to stand up for it. I'm Ben Shapiro. This 
is The Ben Shapiro Show. All righty, so we begin with Birch Gold, our newest sponsor. And Birch Gold, these are folks who help you reinvest your, your capital into precious metals. If you're scared of inflation, if you think that President Obama is inflating the currency, if you think that a recession is coming and the stock market is due for a fall, you need to talk to my friends over at Birch Gold Group. They're the people that I trust with precious metal purchases. B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Ben. They have a long-standing track record of success. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And uh, if you want a free information kit on investing in physical precious metals, then they will send you the 16-page free information kit. You should call them. You should talk with them. You should ask all your questions, get all the information. They're well-equipped to give you all that information. And then if you're interested in moving your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold or silver, or if you just want to buy some gold, you need to talk to the Birch Gold Group. Again, their number is 800-496-6663. 800-496-6663. And if you want to visit them online, it's birchgold.com slash Ben. And make sure you add the birchgold.com slash Ben so they know that we sent you. And they're more likely to continue advertising with us, which means that we can continue providing you this magnificent show that enriches your life and makes it worth living. Okay, so lots to get to today. The Hillary Clinton campaign is in complete disarray. They're looking around and they are figuring they are screwed. They are screwed. They have serious problems. And those problems extend not just to the fact that Hillary Clinton is apparently a victim of the bubonic plague and patient zero in the stand. No, it turns out they have, they have bigger problems than that, and that's everyone knows Hillary Clinton is lying. And this is beginning to reflect itself in all of the polls. It's now beginning to reflect itself in all of the polls. So here are some state polls out today. Bloomberg has Trump up five in Ohio. It's huge. Right now, Trump is doing well in Florida. Here's, here's the way that this map breaks down. Just think of the map in your head if you have a basic knowledge of American geography. In order for Trump to win, he needs to win Iowa, he needs to win Nevada, and then he needs to, he needs to hold Arizona, Georgia, Missouri, all the states that Romney held. And he needs to win Florida and Ohio. He needs to win North Carolina, and then he needs to win one more state. And that one more state could be Colorado, it could be Wisconsin, it could be Michigan, it could be Pennsylvania, it could be New Hampshire. Right now, Trump is leading in Ohio, according to the latest poll. He's leading in Florida, according to the latest poll. He is there, there are a couple different polls in North Carolina, so it's hard to tell where that one comes down. He is leading in Colorado, according to a New Reuters poll today. If he wins in North Carolina, he wins Colorado, Florida, and if he wins, and if he wins Ohio, then he wins the election. He wins well over 270 votes, and he wins the election. So suddenly, this is a very, very competitive election, and it's all because Hillary Clinton cannot stop herself from lying pathologically. That's really all it comes down to. She cannot stop herself under any circumstances from lying pathologically. And so what you got now is Democrats whistling past the graveyard, trying to figure out how they spin this thing. The American public, 50% of Americans think Hillary is lying about her health. Uh, a large plurality of Americans think she's in poor health and that she's lying about it. So the Democrats are trying to figure out how to combat this. So David Plouffe, David Plouffe, who's a Democratic advisor, he, he, has a, he has an idea. He says, well, if we're calling Hillary unhealthy, let's call Trump unhealthy. And let's talk about medical records, by okay. the way. So here's Trump, who, uh, you know, Dr. Feelgood put out a one-page letter. He's 70, okay? Uh, he's the heaviest president we've had, a candidate, uh, since William Taft. There's legitimate issues. So, you know... You think his weight—that's a tough. You think his weight is a health challenge that he should answer? Well, my point is, I think Clinton's going to put out more uh, medical information this week. She mm -hmm. should, you know, uh, every candidate should. Okay, she should. Every candidate should. But Trump is the fat one. Trump is the fat hobbitses. So, so David Bluff is is very upset 
uh, with with Donald Trump being fat. Okay, this is this is what we call the pot calling the kettle black um, because Hillary Clinton has some weight problems of her own. She she actually looks like the Egyptian pyramids. Um, but the Democrats are getting desperate, so they're throwing everything against the wall. You got Nancy Pelosi out front saying that Donald Trump is the gift that keeps on giving, except for the fact that Trump actually stopped giving gifts to the Democrats about the time Kellyanne Conway joined his campaign. Uh, Donald Trump's changed all of that, hasn't he? Well, he is a gift that keeps on giving uh, every day that he says something. It helps us mobilize at the grassroots level, raise money, message a difference between uh, the two parties. So, so he's been good. But the, uh, here's the thing. Don't get too carried away by the redistricting. When we took the House in 2006, which... Mm -hmm. Soon as this lady's dentures move around. President Obama did a rally for Hillary Clinton yesterday. He, too, is grasping at straws. The Democrats are so desperate now that now they're trying to claim the media are biased in favor of Trump. In favor of Trump. Okay, this is insane. I just did a panel discussion. I think it's going to be on PBS this Sunday with Brian Stelter of CNN. Um, and, um, and there's a guest host for Charlie Rose. And Brian Stelter was trying to claim the same thing. The media is even-handed. Of course, I, I sort of shellacked Stelter over this because it just isn't true. Huffington Post actually prints a little note below all of their stories. Originally, they only covered him in the entertainment section. Then they realized they had to cover him as news. So now there's a little note after every Huffington Post story that says, Donald Trump is a xenophobe and a racist who hates everybody. Right? Really, this is a note that's actually on the stories from the Huffington Post. CNN, MSNBC, they run chirons that try to debunk Trump in real time. They've never tried to do that with Hillary Clinton. It's not that the media know how to handle Trump. They don't, because Trump is very hard to handle for the media because he takes a position, he takes at least 10 positions on every given issue, which makes it hard for them to cover him. But the media are certainly unfair to Trump. They're always looking for something to get him on. CNN was a perfect example this week with the Wolf Blitzer attempted hit on David Duke. But President Obama, he's so desperate at this point that he's saying, he's saying the media are, are, are losing this for Hillary Clinton. Well, our standards for what's normal have changed. And, and, and Donald Trump says stuff every day that used to be considered as disqualifying for being president. And yet, because he says it over and over and over again, the press just gives up and they just say, well, yeah, you know, okay. Okay, so President Obama thinks the press is in favor of of suddenly Donald Trump. Okay, nobody has ever gotten better press than President Obama. The man has just had worshipful coverage from the media for years, and that's how he can get away with, with just outright ridiculous crap like this. Yesterday, he was campaigning for Hillary, and he drops this whopper. This is a big deal. More Americans are working. More have health insurance. Incomes are rising. Poverty is falling. And gas, gas is $2 a gallon. I didn't even... Yeah, point to all you out there, all you people I tried to stop from uh, drilling. Thank all you, you people. for reminding me. Yeah, okay, thank you for reminding me. Gas Thanks, is $2 Obama. a uh, So President Obama's thanking himself because President Obama loves that dude. I mean, there's nobody who loves President Obama more than President Obama except for the press. Did the press fact check this? Did the press say, well, the reason that it's under $2 a gallon right now is because the Saudis have been pumping like crazy to try and drive down the price of oil and kill the Iranian economy, and also because fracking was the only thing that created jobs during your entire tenure, basically? No, they don't fact check that, but the Democrats are getting desperate. They're so desperate that Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC, who hates Donald Trump, I mean, despises Donald Trump, Lawrence O'Donnell says the media are compliant with Trump. I mean, except for him, you know, except for him and his entire network. They're all compliant with Trump, of course. If the news media treated the Trump campaign the way it has treated every presidential campaign 
prior to Trump and the other presidential campaign that is going on during the Trump campaign, the Clinton campaign, if the news media treated the Trump campaign like it treats every other campaign, Donald Trump by now would have been forced to retract his statement about going to war over a gesture. And Rudy Giuliani would have been forced to apologize for his comment justifying everything that has ever been done in war. But with 55 days left before the election, the American political news media still has not figured out how to deal with the Trump for President campaign. And Donald Trump knows that. And he exploits it every single okay, so day. Here's the truth about the media and Trump. I agree that the standard has been lowered for Trump in the sense that he's not being held to the same standard as Romney. But politicians are almost always judged on their own standard, meaning that there's kind of the normal Trump that we're used to. And then there's outrageous Trump. And when it's normal Trump, the media has a hard time calling it outrageous because they've already he's, he's set the bar somewhere else. The bar for Trump the bar for Romney was here, and Romney came in here. The bar for Trump is here, and he's coming in here. So because he's a little bit higher, on, on, he's exceeding his own bar, the bar that we set for— and we all do this in our individual lives, right? We know people who we think are just utter crap shows of human beings, and if they hold down a steady job, that's a big win for them. And then we know people who are high-achieving bankers, and if, they, and if they buy the wrong car, we think that's a bad mistake. Right? We all have our different standards for people. The media are just people, so they have that standard for Trump. But the idea that the media are treating Trump with kid gloves is absolutely laughable. The media don't know what to do about this. They're hoping that they can save Hillary Clinton. This is why when Matt Lauer grilled Hillary and then grilled Trump, they got very angry at Matt Lauer for having not grilled Trump harshly enough. They know they can't grill Lauer for, for being too harsh on Hillary, so instead they just say that Matt Lauer wasn't mean enough to Donald Trump. So this is the routine that they're going to play now, is that the media themselves are trying to make Trump win, which is just asinine and ridiculous. Okay, with all of that said, Donald Trump now has an opportunity, right? He's an opportunity to present his health records. So today he was on Dr. Oz, and there's a bit of confusion leading up to his appearance on Dr. Oz. Was he going to hand over his health records? Was he not going to hand over his health records? Kellyanne Conway was on TV yesterday saying that he's not going to hand over his health records. Wow, you can laugh all you want at the medical report, but as far as I can see, there are two major party candidates running for president, mm -hmm. and only one of them has pneumonia and lied about it, especially to the press, because she th always thinks that she has. She treats you all like second-class citizens, won't have a press conference, and when she pretends to have a press avail, I'm going to be uplifting and aspirational now, then goes on to attack tens of millions of uh, Americans the very next day. What about health? And then, and then, and then, I mean, this is we not all a saw her report. by the man, and, and, but, but, Allison, this is what the, this is what I expect from the Clinton campaign. I really don't expect it from journalists to, we're talking about Hillary Clinton and her pneumonia and what happened on 9-11, which we all saw with our own two eyes. And we're talking to, and it takes us about 10 words to get to Donald Trump. Okay, so she's, she's right about the double standard, but you know, trying to walk back, we, we're not going to release Donald Trump's medical records. That, that's, that's silly to us. So apparently Trump was fibbing. So apparently today on Dr. Oz, the interview is going to air tomorrow. They didn't release a summary of the results, but he did actually bring in a one-page summary of his physical conducted last week, which is different than the original announcement, which is that he was going to actually hand over his entire physical to Dr. Oz and then have Dr. Oz analyze it. Not to say I don't trust Trump on his physical health, but I don't trust Trump on anything, just like I don't trust Hillary on anything. So if he provided a one-page summary, I don't see why that's significantly better than Hillary providing a letter to the media. I'd like to see a full physical workup on both of these candidates. I don't think that that's utterly unreasonable. Well, this brings us, unfortunately, to the end of Facebook Live. But over at DailyWire.com, over at DailyWire.com, you can still subscribe. I do want to mention, by the way, that we have a sponsor, U.S. Tax Shield, that helps us bring this show to you. U.S. Tax Shield does have an 
A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. If you have problems with the IRS, if you have issues with the IRS, if you're somebody who, who has had run-ins with the IRS in the past, you need to talk to my friends over at U.S. Tax Shield. They help people just like you, people with personal tax liabilities or conservatives the IRS is targeting because President Obama hates you. So go to, if you want to visit them, uh, if you want to visit them online, it's ustaxshield.com slash Ben. That's ustaxshield.com slash Ben. Free consultation. They'll get one of their experts on the line with you and the IRS, and they'll run through the paces with you, and then they'll give you a, a quote, and that quote doesn't move no matter what. They also have a program that actually helps you come clean with the IRS called the Fresh Start Program, and it helps you figure out with the IRS what exactly it is that you need to pay. Their free consultation, you can get that at 800-542-2226, 800-542-2226, or visit them online at ustaxshield.com. So as I say, there's a lot more coming up here. We're going to talk about Sean Hannity's kung fu capacities, his magical kung fu abilities. We'll get to that. We will also get to Donald Trump on maternity leave, which I think is the most important news of the day, actually. Um, but we'll talk about that. So you can go to dailywire.com to subscribe, and you can continue to watch the show live. It continues right on as though nothing ever happened. But if, if you don't subscribe to dailywire.com, then as Andrew Clavin is, is apt to say, you'll be plunged into the exterior darkness, uh, and you'll collapse in on yourself like a black hole and suck the rest of the universe in with you. So that's a, if that's not enough of a threat to get eight bucks out of your pocket a month, I don't know what is. Dailywire.com to do that, or if you just want to listen to the show later, iTunes or Sound cloud is the best place to do that. All righty. Okay, so Donald Trump doesn't re- release some of his health records. Okay, all of that is good. So it's time for our daily episode. Thank you to Brandon Snipes of Good Trump, Bad Trump. Good Trump, Bad Trump, which one will we get today? All right, so Donald Trump, here, here good Trump is, is Donald Trump clip six. Here, here's Donald Trump going after Hillary Clinton. This is the kind of Trump that we like. Anyone watching today's hearing in Congress knows that Hillary Clinton's actions are far more corrupt than we ever imagined. It's happened today. This is far bigger and a far bigger scandal than Watergate ever was. But with Watergate... We had justice. We had a Justice Department that went after the people. Here's something that just nobody's ever seen anything like this, folks. What we're witnessing is a first. We've never, ever seen anything like this. Okay, this is all true. And this is all right. Okay, then there's the actual big story of yesterday. I have been claiming for virtually this entire election cycle that as Donald Trump rolls his campaign forward, as Donald Trump moves forward, what we are going to see, what we are going to see here is a perversion of conservatism into Trumpism. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with regard to Vladimir Putin. We talked about it on Monday with regard to Vladimir Putin and also with regard to free trade. Today is the best example of this that I know. Donald Trump gives this ridiculous, ridiculous speech on maternity leave, and this is absolutely bad Trump. So Donald Trump is, as we all know, down deep in the cockles of his heart, a blue dog Democrat. He's sort of a Dick Gephardt Democrat. And Donald Trump gets up there with Ivanka. Ivanka, as you recall, she was at the RNC, and at the RNC, she said that she wanted paid maternity leave. Now, as Donald Trump starts to do well in the polls, he's going to start to get more and more lefty in an attempt to drag away Democratic voters, but also because he actually believes this stuff. And what's amazing, and we'll get to this, is how many conservatives are going right along with him. They're going right along with him because, after all, we must defeat Hillary. So that means we can't say a bad word about Trump. We can't say word one about Trump. We can't say that his policy is bad. We can't say that his maternity leave policy is bad. We'll analyze the policy, but I want to start with this. Ivanka Trump gives the intro to Donald Trump's speech. 
Okay, Ivanka is not a registered Republican. She at least wasn't when, she, when it was time for the New York primary. She couldn't even vote for her father in the New York primary because she wasn't a registered Republican. Now, of course, she's the great goddess of the Republican Party because she's related to Trump. So he brings out, so, so, you know, so he brings out his, uh, his daughter to tell the, the wonderful story about why he's going to back paid maternity leave, which is a Democrat policy. Here is Ivanka going full Chelsea Clinton and people just cheering along. A few years ago, I read about a single mother facing homelessness whose childcare arrangement failed her in the morning of a final job interview. Out of options, she made the tragic choice to leave her young children in a hard hot car while she attempted to secure the job in order to better the life of her family. She returned to the parking lot following the interview to find her vehicle surrounded by the police. Her children had been hospitalized and she was jailed and charged with felony child abuse. As I traveled around the country with my father, stories about the hardships caused by our existing childcare system, one that is too expensive, too outdated, and too inaccessible, come up time and time again. Okay, take the pretty face off of this and stick Bernie Sanders' head on that, and that's Bernie Sanders, right? There was a story of a woman, and she was very, very poor, and she could not afford health care or child care. She had to go in for a job interview, and she left her child in the car where the child melted into a puddle of goo. A puddle of goo. And that's why we need communism. Okay, that's Ivanka Trump. That's what she just said. That's what she just did. She says there's this, this single—what a victim this woman is. What a victim this woman is. Okay, I have two young kids, two young kids under the age of three. Every afternoon, 4.30, 5 o'clock, the nanny goes home, and I take care of the kids. My wife is on residency, which means very often she's not home until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. So that means I've got the kids for three hours. Have I ever left the kid in a hot car because I have to do something? If I have to go do something, you know what I do? I get my dad or my mom to come over and help out. You know what I do? I find a friend who can help babysit. Okay, the idea that anyone in America is forced to leave a child in a hot car. For God's sake, crack a window, lady. I mean, really. She was forced to leave a kid in the hot car. This is the same routine we get from the left routinely about why we need school lunch programs, because parents are too poor to afford the $2 that it would take to buy a week's worth of oatmeal at the supermarket. It's just utter crap. It's utter lefty crap, this nonsense. Parents make bad decisions. Therefore, it's my fault. It's the fault of the government. It's the fault of the government. No, it's the fault of the stupid parent who decides that it's important to leave her small child in the car. By the way, where's daddy? Where's daddy? I mean, I assume in this story, daddy isn't present because this is another one of the children who's stuck in a bad situation because mommy decided to get pregnant out of wedlock and daddy decided to be a jackass and take off on mommy. But that's my fault. I got to pay for it. So I, I pay a nanny. I take care of my kids. But now I'm supposed to pay for this lady's child care and her maternity leave. By the way, I'm not sure how maternity leave policy would actually cover this. Okay, so she leads off with that. And then Ivanka says, Hillary Clinton hasn't even had a family leave policy, which, by the way, is not true. But here is Ivanka saying that. Why not also deal with paternity leave? Why did you not include fathers in the plan? Well, I think we took a giant leap forward with the plan. And, you know, respectfully, the Hillary Clinton has been around for decades. And there's no policy benefiting either mothers or fathers in terms of paid leave. So I think the fact that we are advocating for this and advocating it for it so strongly and taking leadership on this issue is testament in itself to um, to our thoughts on this subject. But certainly she had opportunity to um, 
have a concept like that. For the uh, record, she's running though on her website. She is guaranteeing up to 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave to care for a new child or a seriously ill family member. We have not been in public office for the last several decades, and she has. So she could have um, instituted some of those policies uh, in that role and has not done so. Okay, so what's amazing about this is that she's asked about paternity leave, and she basically says, we're doing our best, we'll get to it, right? She's a Democrat. She's a Democrat. So, so Trump does this routine yesterday. He rolls out this maternity leave plan, and here, are the, here, here is Donald Trump talking about the maternity leave plan, which is straight from the Democrat playbook. Paul Ryan came out and said this has nothing to do with Republicanism, but it doesn't matter. There's Ivanka Trump standing next to him, apparently pulling Donald Trump's strings like a giant fat marionette. The first part of my child care plan allows for every parent or family in America, including adoptive parents and foster parent guardians, to deduct their child care expenses from their income taxes. That's a first. I see the women who I just met in the front row are very happy about that. They will fully be able to deduct the average cost of child care for their state from birth through the age of 13. Because of the way the benefit is capped and structured, our plan will bring relief to working and middle-class families. The deduction also applies to elder care, capped at $5,000 deduction per year, $5,000 deduction. Importantly, our policy also supports mothers who choose to stay at home and honors and recognizes their incredible contributions to their families and to our society. You can pause it right there for a second. So let me explain why this is stupid. So I don't believe in deductions, in tax deductions. I believe in a flat tax rate. I don't think it's the government's business to tell me which expenditures are better than other expenditures. This and, and you should also notice something. Whenever the media talk about a tax loophole, a tax loophole is a tax deduction. When they like the loophole, they call it a deduction. When they don't, they call it a loophole, right? That's how the media treat loopholes and deductions. They're the same exact thing. They just If they don't like it, it's called a loophole. If they do like it, it's called a deduction. So this would be called a tax deduction according to the media and according to Donald Trump. Tax deductions are stupid because what they do is they benefit certain populations at the expense of other populations. So, for example, when I pay my mortgage, I get a tax deduction for that. If I were paying rent, I would not get a tax deduction for my rent. If I'm single, then I don't get a tax deduction for these kids, or if I don't have an elderly parent, I don't get a tax deduction for that. You know, I'm a parent of two, but I make over the, the legal limit that Trump is talking about, which means I have to pay for my own health care. I don't get a deduction, which means that I'm basically subsidizing a single mother so that she can get child care. So it's a redistributionist scheme. And the way that they, they play this is though it's, it's a tax giveaway. It's not a tax giveaway. As we're about to learn from Donald Trump momentarily, what he's really talking about is giving money away to people who are too poor to pay taxes in the first place. So it's a welfare program. He continues along. Here, here's the welfare portion of what he's talking about. Families with a stay-at-home parent will be able to fully deduct the average cost of child care from their taxes. It's a big thing. Wow. I'm hearing wow. Loves me. Wow. wow. <laughs> the congresswomen like to hear wow. Makes your life a lot easier, right? For low-income individuals who have no net income tax liability, we will offer an expanded earned income tax credit, that's EITC, in the form of a child care rebate. 
Working parents can get an expanded EITC benefit that equals up to half of their total payroll tax, a major relief for low-income parents. Low-income parents have it tougher than anybody. This translates to as much as an extra $1,200 in EITC benefits for working families. Stop it there. That's a welfare program. What he's talking about, there's a welfare program. The earned income tax credit applies to people who don't pay enough in federal income tax to actually receive anything. So instead, they just get a check from the federal government because they don't make a lot of money and they have kids. That's a welfare program that he's talking about. And it's a new welfare program he's talking about instituting. Make no mistake, this has nothing to do with conservatism. This is straight from the Hillary Clinton playbook. She just wants a larger tax, quote unquote, refund to poor people than Trump does. But He's obviously working from the Democratic playbook, and there's Ivanka, the person who is clearly a Democrat who hangs out with Chelsea Clinton, sitting in the background clapping. But we'll continue. I want to go all the way through this program so you know what it actually is, because here's the thing, and we'll talk about this in a second. Today, you're going to hear from three groups of people, three groups of people on the right. You're going to hear from people like me, people like Mark Levin, who are honest about this proposal and recognize it for what it is, which is a lefty proposal coming from a guy who's not conservative. Right? That's what you're going to hear from the people who are honest about this. Even people who vote for Trump, you can acknowledge this is not a good proposal. It's a Democrat proposal. Donald Trump is not a conservative. You can still say, yes, but he's not Hillary Clinton. That's fine. That, that can be your logic. But that's group number one are the people who actually say what's true. This is a bad proposal. Then there's group number two, the people who are going to pretend it, it just doesn't exist. The people who pretend it doesn't exist or, or refuse to comment on it in any real way. And that's most of the radio hosts out there, most of the TV hosts out there. They're either going to just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. They're just going to say, okay, well, let's talk about Colin Powell's emails about Hillary Clinton. We'll, we'll talk about any, we'll talk about Hillary's health. We just won't touch this with a 10-foot pole. Or if we do touch it, we'll talk about how really what this is, is it's just Donald Trump reaching out to the Democrats so he can win an election. But we won't talk about the content of the policy and what it means for Donald Trump's view of the world. We won't do that. So those are people who are obviously trying to shill for Trump, but they don't want to be too loud about it. And then finally, you'll get the people who are the most honest and also the most dishonest. You'll get the people who actually flip their position on a dime and now support this kind of crap because Donald Trump is saying it. It's those latter two groups I talk about when I talk about the perversion of conservatism that's happening under Trump and which will accelerate if he is president of the United States. Let's continue with Trump's plan. Next. Our plan allows every parent in America to open up a dependent care savings account. Families can contribute up to $2,000 a year to these accounts completely tax-free. She's very happy about this. Bank is very happy about this. Crucially, unlike the flexible spending accounts that exist today, these accounts will be available to all Americans. You won't have to depend on your employer to provide them. Immediate family and employers, and, and this is like right away, can also contribute to a dependent account each of which is designed and He's along these lines, and what he says here, this dependent savings account, basically what this means is you can stick some money in a bank and the government won't tax it. It's another tax loophole or deduction, whichever you choose to call it. And then finally, he finishes that if you're poor, the federal government will provide matching funds. So if you contribute $1,000, then the feds will give a $500 match. This, again, is a welfare program. He says to, put low, to help low-income families reach these targets and save money, we'll put a box on federal income tax forms allowing parents to have their earned income tax credit funds directly deposited into these dependent care savings accounts. 
which I don't know why they would do that, as opposed to just taking the money and spending it on whatever they're going to spend it on. I, I, I do love the line there where he says, this makes Ivanka so happy. Like, I give a crap what makes Ivanka so happy. Why would I possibly care what makes Ivanka so happy? She doesn't believe any of the things that I believe. Why would I possibly care about that? Okay, Trump, after he does this proposal, he's on with his good buddy Sean Hannity, and he says that he's felt very strongly about this issue. It, is, it isn't just him pandering. It's, he feels very strongly about this issue for a long time. Well, it's true. Uh, during the time that I've been running, and especially lately since the polls have been so good and people are saying, wow, this could really happen, I've been just inundated with so many women and families that have asked me to do something having to do with child care. And uh, I felt this for a long time, but I guess maybe we weren't quite in the same position we're in right now. And my daughter has felt so strongly, and she's been talking to me about it for a long period of time, long before the campaign started, let me tell you, she always felt Stop it was it right unfair. There. There's something very telling that he just said that everyone's going to gloss right over. Okay, the thing that he's telling that he just said is he said, I felt this way for a long time. We weren't in the position before to do that. What position is he talking about? What position is he talking about? If he's talking about he was losing the race before, so he couldn't say this, then he assumes this is an unpopular proposal, but that's not what he means. What he means is, we weren't in the position to say this before because I was trying to consolidate conservative support, but now that I am free to appeal to the other side, I will do so. What that means is what he's always said. As soon as he is president of the United States, he will immediately begin cutting deals with Democrats. Okay? That's what he's going to do. And I love the fact that Sean Hannity just sits there and nods his way through the interview because the show really has become Trump with uh, Trump starring Sean Hannity as opposed to the Sean Hannity show with special guest Trump. I mean, Trump's on basically every night uh, spitting out his talking points. Okay, so this is the part that really bugs me about this. I've known who Trump is for a long time. I've said who Trump is ad infinitum, ad nauseum on this particular show. But the bigger problem that I have is this conservatives for Trumpism movement that's actually begun, this attempt to spin Trumpism into the box of conservatism. So watch Newt Gingrich, who used to be an actual conservative, talk about how Trump is really just, he's the greatest person who ever, ever, ever lived. You know, Newt Gingrich, the bowling ball of, of personality and narcissism, uh, out there talking about how Donald Trump is a mashup. He really says this, a mashup of Churchill and Thatcher. Well, then why do we need it now? Because you need a larger credit, uh, particularly for the working poor. And I think it's a very serious effort. And look, he represents the same tradition of conservatism as Churchill and Thatcher in Great Britain. Thatcher was not somebody who walked in there and said, let's wipe out everything. She did what she was very tough, and, and she privatized things like the telephone system. But she also understood that there's a, there's a social... So, there's, what, so what happens? And, uh, so this ends, Trump either wins or loses. Your view is that everything is... That my, a lot my, of things my view is that the world has changed dramatically and that you are going to see a permanent upsurge against Washington government. You're going to see a permanent rebellious attitude. I mean, this whole uh, turning the plorables around into the opposite is, is something which... A lot of traditional intellectual Republicans don't understand. So stupid. I can't even listen to this. this I can't even listen uh, to the idiocy. Stop it. I can't, I can't listen to this. This the, the gaseous, the gaseous nincompoopery spouting from his ears. I mean, this is such crap. He's finally asked, okay, so this is a lefty policy, right? And he says, well, this is just an upsurge against the Washington establishment. Newt Gingrich is the Washington establishment. Donald Trump is supported by Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and the entire RNC, including Ryan's Priebus. They are the Washington establishment. These are people who are pushing an expansion of the earned income tax credit 10 years ago. Okay, the idea that this is some sort of rebellion against the Washington elite. This is the great irony of this whole stupid election cycle. The great irony is you have all these people who consider 
consider themselves so conservative, they're angry at Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan for caving to Obama. So apparently all Obama had to do was call himself a Republican, and people just flip, boom, and then all of a sudden, all of Obama's policies become okay. It's absolutely maddening. It's absolutely maddening. No, Donald Trump does not represent the same tradition of conservatism as Winston Churchill and Margaret Thatcher. I don't remember Winston Churchill talking up the great benefits of Stalin. He allied with Stalin to defeat Hitler and then spent the rest of his career trying to talk about the evils of the Iron Curtain. I don't remember Margaret Thatcher talking about the expansion of government. Margaret Thatcher denationalized a bevy of domestic industries. This is just crap, and it's spouting from the Republicans like it's water. I'm just saying whatever comes to mind because they have to defend Trump, and in their ardency for Donald Trump, they're willing to sacrifice whatever supposed principles they had. This is the stuff that makes me not want to vote for Trump. This is it. This is because I think that this is not just going to continue. I think it's going to accentuate under a Donald Trump presidency. I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton is an evil pathological liar. I'm not voting for Donald Trump because of people like Newt Gingrich and people like Laura Ingram and this whole group of people who are going to go along and flip every element of conservatism on its head because Trump is the great God King because conservatism has failed. I'm so sick of that nonsense. Conservatism has failed. Conservatism doesn't fail because it's true. Okay, the only thing that's failed is the people attempting to apply conservatism. Marxism doesn't describe a deeper truth to the universe. Conservatism is about personal responsibility and limited government, and those things don't fail unless you fail. Conservatism only fails if you fail to take advantage of the opportunities and choices provided to you. But from the Gingrich crowd, from the Trump crowd, it's, oh, conservatism failed. It's time for a nationalist populist consortium that's going to come along and provide you the great good of government that's going to fix all your life problems. Guess what? It ain't going to happen. We've tried it with Democrats. There's this whole nonsense where they pretend that Donald Trump's version of leftism is better than Hillary Clinton's version of leftism or that it's better than conservatism itself. No, it isn't. It's just watered-down Hillary care. That's all this crap is. But you're seeing this on all sides. And my favorite example of this, actually, is A.J. Delgado. So A.J. Delgado, I think we put a clip of her yesterday. She's a smart gal. I think she, uh, she went to Harvard Law School. Uh, and, and A.J. Delgado is a writer for Breitbart. And A.J. Delgado, th- th- these were her tweets about, about maternity leave. Okay, this is from April 2014, quote, the government should not force employers to pay you while you take two months off maternity or paternity leave. It was your decision. Plan around it. Same day, that New York Post article last month rightly criticizing Gwyneth Paltrow now turns into a liberal call for the government to mandate paid maternity leave. January 28, 2014, are we talking about mandating employers providing maternity leave and paternity leave? Oh, God, we've officially turned in to France. Right? That's, that's, that's her tweet. Okay, and then, and then, do we have the rest of her tweets here? There's, there's one more. Okay, so the, and then finally, she tw- and then her final tweet was this. Quote, this is from yesterday. Sane, helpful, compassionate policies? Yes, please. Okay? And I will just point out one thing. Yesterday, just coincidentally, yesterday, just coincidentally, guess who got hired by the Trump campaign as an advisor? A.J. Delgado. So for all these people who keep whining to me, people who say, oh, Shapiro, you won't vote for Trump because you're getting paid off. You're getting paid off. Okay, I've lost six figures in this election by leaving places like Breitbart because I wouldn't show for this piece of crap. Okay, you can vote for him. You can say he's better than Hillary. That's fine. But don't shill for him and don't tell people who won't vote for him and won't shill for him that they're the ones who are being paid off. Okay, Breitbart News has made more money off this election cycle than anybody. Sean Hannity's doing real well for himself because he backed Donald Trump. Laura Ingram is a prominent figure again as opposed to a has-been talk show host a year and a half ago because she's been pumping for Trump. Okay, it's all a basket of crap. I mean, it's all just 
it's absolute nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And this sort of stuff, you want to know where the check is signed? The, the person signing the back of those checks is Donald Trump in many cases. A.J. Delgado is just proof of that. I'm not going to say that she switched to get Trump's to get a job with Trump. All I'm going to say is that she switched and then she got a job with Trump, okay? And it's it, this whole thing is disappointing. I mean, figures who I really like doing silly things. Dinesh D'Souza, I think, is a really good thinker. I think he's a very solid thinker. I like his book. I like his movies. Dinesh D'Souza tweeted this yesterday in an attempt to defend Trump. Quote, what real Donald Trump admires about Putin is the way Putin, unlike someone else we know, loves his country and fights for its interests. This is what Republicans have come to? Really? I mean, Dinesh knows better than this. Kim Jong-un loves his country and fights for its interests. He believes that its interests are him. All dictators, quote-unquote, love their country and fight for its interests. By this definition, Putin has made the average life of the Russian significantly worse. Significantly worse. But, I mean, this is what we've come to now. We're just going to sell out every principle we had because Trump is better than Hillary Clinton. And if he isn't better than Hillary Clinton, he's still better than Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton is the path that, isn't, that we didn't bother to tread. I think Hillary will be a disaster. I think that Trump is going to take the beating heart out of conservatism, rip it out of the chest like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, hold it up in his hand, and then it'll burst into flame. I think that's where this is going, and I'm watching it happen in real time, and it really is disappointing. There's still some actual conservatives out there, people like Charles Krauthammer, people like Mark Levin, who are willing to call this the way they see it. I thought Mark Levin had a, had a great monologue yesterday. Here's a little about uh, Mark Levin's monologue yesterday about this. Conservatism is not an ideology. Conservatism, ladies and gentlemen is about life. Yes, it can be economic, social, there's a, but at its core, it's a way of living. It's absolutely absurd to say conservatism has been tried. You either live it or you don't. But it doesn't go away. Unalienable rights don't go away because current-day politicians are deceitful and shameless liars and unconscionable about the way they campaign, that doesn't mean your natural rights, your unalienable rights disappear because of them. They're God-given. No man can give them. No man can take them away. No government can give them. No okay. government can take them away. And, and, and Levin is one of the people, he said he's voting for Trump, but he's one of the people who's called out this, this stupid plan and said that it is what it is. It is, a, it is an element of leftism. By the way, Rush Limbaugh, who, who sort of played it, who played it kind of, easy on Trump today on his show, even he came out and said this, this election cycle is evidence that big government won on both sides. It would have been nice to hear that from all of these hosts, all of them, during the, during the primary season when people like me were shouting it from the rooftops and being told, don't worry, Donald Trump is really a small government conservative. Okay, time for some things I like, some things I hate, and then we'll talk some bibble. So we'll begin with things I like. So we were talking about memoirs. So one, one, a memoir that's not deep but is fun uh, there's this, it, very few people know this one, but it's a really fun memoir, is Harpo Speaks. So if you like any of the old Marx Brothers movies, if you enjoy the Marx Brothers, uh, then Harpo Speaks is great. Harpo Marx, of course, is, uh, it was, the, was the silent member of the Marx Brothers. He's the, the one who sort of plays the, the silent clown. Uh, and, and the book is really a lot of fun. It, sort of, it talks about what they call the Algonquin Roundtable and all the people the Marx Brothers used to hang out with. And it really is kind of classic Hollywood, great stuff, really, really funny book. Okay, other things that I like. Believe it or not, Lil Wayne said something not stupid. So Lil Wayne is a rapper, apparently. I believe this was his given name. He came out and his mother looked at him and said, you shall be called Lil Wayne. Not Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne. But Lil Wayne says that he's never dealt with racism. They wouldn't want my answer to represent it because God knows I have been nothing but blessed. My whole path, my, these 33 years have been nothing but a blessing. I haven't. 
I have never, and I'm, never is a strong word, I've never dealt with racism, and I'm glad I didn't have to. And I don't know if it's because of my blessings, I don't know if it's, but it's, it, it is my reality. So I have a, I would have to say, I, not only did I thought it was over, I still believe it's over, but obviously it isn't. So you've never experienced any offensive behavior from any other color or? No, sir. Wow. But you are blessed. A lot of white kids love rap. Yes. Explain that. What, what, what does that say to you? What's the message of it? What's the bigger picture of it? I don't want to be bashed because I don't want to sound like I'm on the wrong, if there is a side, but I thought that was clearly a message that there was no such thing as racism. This is good for him. I mean, these are admissions that he's going to get absolutely crushed in the press for. Because if you even imply there's no such thing as racism, especially as a black person, they'll call you a liar. They'll say that you're a sellout. Good for him for at least saying what his experience has been. Because all we ever hear from anybody like Barack Obama is that every single black person in America has experienced racism. We hear it from Newt Gingrich now. You know, this is the, the common language across the spectrum is now every black person in America has experienced racism. Good for Lil Wayne for demonstrating that that's not true because it isn't true. It isn't true. You know, I don't think every Jew in America has experienced anti-Semitism, and there are significantly more hate crimes on a percentage basis against Jews than any other group in America. I don't think that every Jew's experienced anti-Semitism. I've seen some, but it's never really affected me in my life. It certainly hasn't. You know, America's a wonderful, wonderful country, and I'm glad that Lil Wayne is willing to recognize that. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Let's do it. So Sean Hannity is spending most of his time these days bashing the never-Trumpers. He's really going hard after Jonah Goldberg and the NRO crew, the people at National Review. And he's very upset because they're saying, and they're right, that, that, that Sean Hannity spent the primary season shilling for Donald Trump, and now he's still shilling for Donald Trump. Sean Hannity dropped this, uh, this on, his, on his show, yes, I think it was yesterday or the day before. This is, <laughs> we'll play it. Everybody that I've had some type of fight with on this particular issue where I say you own it, and that's what you're referring to, uh, be it Glenn or be it, let's see, uh, Rich Lowry or Jonah Goldberg or Brett Stevens from the Wall Street Journal or the NRO goes, and I'm not saying anything, I'm not digging, I'm not, I'm not advancing this today. I've got a lot on my plate today. But what I'm saying, they've all taken shots at me first, and I just, I'm a counterpuncher. I punch back. You know, now uh, working towards my black belt, I'm very close. I got probably a couple of years. I finally got my brown belt. I'm moving up in degrees, and I kind of treat my business the same way. If you hit me or if you come at me, I'm going to really hurt you and defend myself. And I don't mean hurt in a physical sense. This is verbal combat fun warfare. So then why are you talking about kung fu, dude? I mean, <laughs> he's talking about how he's going to come. Well, I, I, can, I can personally attest that having watched him debate people from now, review on the own it routine his kung fu looks a lot less like sean sean's actual karate abilities this is this video of sean actually performing kung fu on people on karate on people in order to stay in shape now for a couple of years i've been doing mixed martial arts i'm a counterpuncher. i punch back you know now uh, working towards my black belt i'm very close i got probably a couple of years i finally got my brown belt i'm moving up in degrees and i kind of treat my business the same way if you hit me or if you come at me i'm gonna really hurt you and defend myself i do martial arts you're either all in meaning it's all out war or you're not in at all. You're trained in, in martial arts. I'm trained in martial arts. I get up early. I do my martial arts. 
I don't feel like doing it every day. I'm sure there were days uh, at Hell Week you wish you could sl sleep in, right? What, did you get five hours sleep that week? Something like that. Yeah. You know, this is what we do. we do. I do stick training. I do blade training, firearm training, and street martial arts. Now, look, I actually trained with Chuck Liddell. Uh, he's obviously, wow. for those of you, as many of you know, I've been doing a lot of mixed martial arts. I'm humbly being trained. The best thing you gave me is your signature punch, the Iceman. I'm working okay. on it because that, to me... <laughs> All right. I really like Sean, but Sean's got a bit of the high school athlete about him. Uh, the, the, the whole, okay, I have to show you how macho I am routine going on. Uh, <coughs> but, but I'm sorry, threatening Rich Lowry with, like, with his karate is, is just... I mean, thanks to the Washington Free Beacon for that mashup. But, I mean, you can tell that, that Sean is, is getting upset now. He's getting upset because people are blaming him for Trump. And he doesn't want to be blamed for Trump. He doesn't want to be blamed for the fact that Trump isn't really a conservative. So he continues to pretend that, that, that he is a conservative. And, I mean, honestly, like, I look at that tape and Sean looks like he knows what he's doing. Good for him. I mean, that's great. But this is such bizarre stuff. I got to say that in his conversational in his conversational back and forth with people who are who are never Trump, it looks less like him doing mixed martial arts and more like these people doing mixed martial arts. Hey! 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 Yeah, it's been it's been kind of like that, unfortunately. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So the, the, there you have it. Okay, time for some some Bible talk. So on that ridiculous note, I mean, honestly, like Glenn Beck tried to make overtures to, to Sean on this whole thing. He said, "Look, I'm not voting for Trump, but afterward, we're all going to have to be on the no matter what happens in the election, we all have to be on the same page in terms of fighting for conservatism." And instead, we end up with with Sean basically mirroring Trump's language. I always fight back. I never fight first. I always punch back. It's always me just punching back. Yeah, okay, dude. It's always you punching back, except for the part where you were not telling the truth to your viewers for literally months about who you supported in this election cycle. All right, here is, uh, let, let's talk a little bit of, of Bibble. So, this week's Torah portion, uh, every week, as I explain here on the Ben Shapiro Show, the Jews, the, the Jews, we read a different portion of the Bibble, of the five books of Moses, uh, and that means that by the end of the year, we've gone all the way through the five books of Moses. Uh, and this week's portion is, uh, is from Deuteronomy in Hebrew. It's called Kitete. And uh, here is the here it is. It's, it's from Deuteronomy 24:16. It says, "Fathers shall not be put to death because of sons, nor shall sons be put to death because of fathers. Each man shall be put to death for his own transgression." The reason that I point this out is because there seems to be this, this notion in modern American leftism and, and international leftism generally that we all have to pay for the sins of our fathers. And when it comes to slavery reparations, for example, I never held slaves, you never held slaves, nobody in this room, nobody in America ever held slaves unless they lived in a foreign country where they held slaves and then moved here. Okay? Nobody in America has actually held slaves in the United States. Nobody in America has held slaves for well over, at this point, 150, well, about 150 years. I mean, the slavery ended 1865. So 150 years has been since anybody held slaves in the United States of America. I wasn't a participant in Jim Crow. My parents were not a participant in Jim Crow. My grandfather used to throw, he threw a plumber out of the house once, this is in the 50s, for using the N-word in his house. So I have no responsibility for that. But even if I did, even if my grandfather did something, that does not mean that I pay the price for something my grandfather did. And I think this is super duper important for politics, both nationally and internationally. Yes, 
Virtually all problems in politics have roots in the past, but that doesn't mean that the corrective is to blame people who are living today for things that happened in the past. All that does is create a new injustice. So if the idea for slavery reparations is that, that the roots of modern American black economic lower-level earning lie in slavery, which I think is, is tenuous at best, even if, you, even if you argue that and you try to make that argument, the idea that the, the solution to that is to take money from modern-day white folks and give it to modern-day black folks who are not slaves and have not been slaves, what you're doing is creating a new injustice, and that creates more ire, it creates more anger. Uh, in my own life, actually, it's, it's something that, that I've learned. So I, I know that when I was younger, you know, you grew up in the Jewish community, and there's a lot of talk about the Holocaust, obviously, because it's a big, it's a big thing that's within living memory for a lot of folks. Um, my, uh, my extended family, my, my grandmother, particularly my dad's side, my grandmother's family was still in Europe when the Holocaust happened, and virtually all of them were wiped out. And so for a long time, there's still a big thing in parts of the Jewish community. They refuse to buy Jew they, they refuse to buy German cars. They refuse to buy German cars. Now that's because in in some areas there are German car companies actually worked with the Nazis. Okay, that said, that said, modern Volkswagen has nothing to do with the Nazis. It doesn't. Modern Germans are not Nazis unless they're neo-Nazis. And so blaming Germans and saying Germans are responsible for the Holocaust, okay, Germans back in 1945 were responsible for the Holocaust. A German kid who was born in 1997 is not responsible for the Holocaust. We all need to recognize that if we all act decently to each other, if we're just decent to each other, we don't owe each other restitution for the sins of our parents and our grandparents. That's not something that anybody can fix, right? This is why the, the Torah, this is why the Bible specifically says that God is not going to hold you accountable for, for the sins of your parents and the sins of your grandparents. And if we try to do that, if we try to be better than God at this, all we end up doing is creating new injustices. And so, you know, we, 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 instead we ought to just treat each other as individual human beings as we meet each other. It can't be, it can't be the sort of clannish, tribal murder regime that exists in so many parts of the world where my father killed your father, so now I'm going to try and kill you. If we do that, then we're, we're asking for a recipe for unending suffering. And we see it politically. If I get control of the government, I'm going to use it to, to go after the people whose parents went after me. You do that, those people are going to feel justified in being angry at you. And then when they grab the government, they're going to use it against you. The government is not a tool to be used this way. And human beings should not act this way. That's what the Bible means when it talks about you're not responsible for the sins of your parents uh, in, in, in Deuteronomy 24. Okay, this brings us to the end of today's show. Tomorrow, of course, is the mailbag. So you need to subscribe at dailywire.com right now. Eight bucks a month. And that means that means that you magically get to see the show live as it broadcasts. Plus, that means that you get to see Clavin's show for whatever small amount that's worth. And you get to be part of the mailbag for Clavin's show and the mailbag for my show, which means that I will answer all of your questions and make your life worth living, which is great, because otherwise you'll have to kill yourself, and we wouldn't want you to do that. So eight bucks a month, four stalls, mass suicidality, which is, which is great. So tomorrow is the mailbag. Write your letters in. Subscribe now. And I am Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> Did you know that a baby's heart begins to beat at just three weeks? At five weeks, it can be heard on ultrasound. In some cases, the heartbeat can be the baby's only defense in the womb, which is where Preborn steps in. Preborn rescues 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing moms with free ultrasounds that allow her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly formed body in the womb. By six weeks, the baby's eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. Preborn needs our help to save these precious souls. For just 28 bucks, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. 
If you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives you helped to rescue. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your gift donation goes toward saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Ben. That's preborn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Preborn.com slash Ben. It's the best thing you're going to do today or maybe ever. Dial pound 250, say keyword baby. Start saving children today.